Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We have so much potential to see the power of God unleashed in the lives of people. And you know, the crazy thing about prayer is you can actually impact an entire nation and never physically visit it. You can impact an entire people group and never meet a single one of them. You can impact them through prayer. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, in a message titled, Faith, Power, and Prayer. Now, here's Pastor Brian. If you have an NIV or if you have an ESV or if you have any other modern translation, an NLT, then fasting's not going to appear. And again, this is a theological debate. Scholars are divided as to whether it should be or shouldn't be. But because the New Testament really speaks so little about fasting, and it speaks about fasting primarily in the Gospels and in the context of still Jewish life, we're going to focus on prayer. Because we know the, the Bible speaks about prayer, right? We know the Bible has tons of things to say about prayer. So we're not going to worry about whether fasting is to be included in here. We're going to just kind of set that aside. Some would say the best manuscripts omit it. And so we'll go ahead and just leave that off here. And, and we want to look at prayer because what I want us to see today is that faith that manifests itself in power is connected to prayer. Faith that manifests itself in power is connected to prayer. So that's what we want to look at. Now, it was the lack of faith, and their lack of faith resulted in a lack of power. They could not deliver the child. So what's the problem, they said? Jesus, why couldn't we do it? He said, this kind can come out only by prayer. We are, as I've already said, we're in a conflict with evil forces. The Bible is crystal clear. There is a spiritual world, and it is God and and the holy angels make up one part of that spiritual world, and the devil and the fallen angels, the demons, they make up the other aspect of that invisible world. And so we are in a, a battle And just like this boy was controlled by Satan and there wasn't anyone who could set him free, so there are people today who are likewise controlled by Satan. And we could take it out from the individual and and we could say there's a whole generation that is controlled by evil spirits these days. I mean, if you think of what's happening in our world, if you think of what's happening in our culture, uh, you think of some of the, you know, I say young people, but it's not exclusively young people, right? Uh, I think of the people whose lives are bound up in drug addiction and they're, 
the younger ones, think of the, the grief of the parent and everything they've tried avails nothing. I spoke to a man yesterday morning and he came up and he told me about his 25-year-old son who's had this addiction to crystal meth and he's just saying, would you pray for me? And he's asking for counsel and advice. And man, when you hear that, you're just like, Lord. But I said, yes, indeed, I will pray for you because that's what we need to do. Because prayer is where we see the power of God enacted. So faith produces power and it's related to prayer. So how do we build up our faith? Well, prayer is one of the ways that we build up our faith. So let's look at that for a moment. How is my faith built up? Because if my faith's built up, there's going to be the manifestation of my faith is going to be seen through power power over these kinds of things. We're going to see the power of the enemy broken. How, how does that happen? Well, we know from scripture that number one, we're told that faith comes by hearing God's word. So maybe today you say, my faith is small. Maybe you're like this man. You think, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe you, you just feel that you're kind of in a perpetual state of a, a just very little faith. How do you change that? Well, faith comes by hearing God's word. So God's word, that is where our faith is built up. You see, as we take the word of God and as we meditate on it, as we assimilate it into our lives, as we read about what God has done in the past, here's what happens. This is ideal. This is what God wants to happen. God wants you to be able to read as you're, as you're reading through the stories of the Bible to recognize that you're going to find parallels in the Bible of your own experience. And God wants you to know what he did in that situation for those people that you can expect him to do similar things for you in your life at this time. You know, the Bible is not just a history book of what happened with these people of God in previous generations. The Bible is a prophetic book, and what God did in the past is just a prophecy of what he will do in the future. Now, I would imagine that this is the case with many of you, and I know it's certainly been the case with me. There are times I'm reading through the scriptures, I'm going through my time of reading, devotion, however you want to describe it, and I'm reading maybe the life of, of one of the people in the Old Testament, say. And I'm finding, man, my experience is parallel to what I'm reading about right here. You ever had that experience where you're reading the Bible and you think, wow, I'm reading about myself right now. Or I'm reading about my situation. My circumstances are similar to the ones right here. Not obviously identical, but they're similar. And so you read on and you see what God does in that. And you think, oh, that is amazing. Look what the Lord did. Look how he came through. Here's what God wants you to know. Expect the same thing in your own life today. See, God doesn't want you just to read that and go, oh, that was so wonderful that you did that for them back then. Too bad you don't work like that today, God. Now, lots of people think that God doesn't work like that today. Seriously. Uh, there are many, many people sitting in churches today who would never expect God to intervene in their lives today like he did, say, in the life of Abraham or like he did, say, in the life of Joseph or like he did in uh, the time of Moses or David. Uh, they would just say, oh, well, you know, that, that stuff, I don't know. It's ancient history. God doesn't work like that anymore. Oh, yes, he does. And these things were written for us to build our faith, to show us this is 
how God works in the lives of his people. And so I guarantee that you're going to find some place in scripture where you see a parallel with your life or with your circumstances. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, I feel like Job. You ever feel like Job? Job's had a rough time, right? Just one trial after another, one difficulty after another. Seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So what do we do with that? Well, we look and we see, like James tells us, look to the end. See what the Lord did for Job. See how God is faithful. That's, that's what God wants us to do. So first thing to build up our faith, because that's my point, right, is God's word. So take it to heart. Don't just take it as history. It is that, but take it as, these are God's words to me today as well, to my family, to our circumstance. And as we look right here at this boy, and like I said, with that man yesterday, or maybe you today, right now, you're in a situation, maybe you have a child that the devil has just got a grip in their life. And you think, how's this ever going to change? What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know what to do. And, and you feel my faith is so weak. Well, guess what? Just like this man, you can say, Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief. And God, please work. And you can expect him to work. The second thing is that our faith is strengthened through the faith of others. Do you realize that? Our faith is strengthened through the faith of others. This is why the Bible tells us we must gather together. We must meet together as God's people. And meeting together means not we're just all sitting in the same building together, but meeting together means we're meeting, we're crossing paths, we're sharing life, we're sharing stories. And so we emphasize, get plugged in, you know, get into a community group, get into a place where you're doing life with somebody because faith is built up through the faith of others. And so I'm going through something. I'm struggling with something. I'm talking to a person sitting across from me and they start telling me what they've been through and they start telling me what God has done. And all of a sudden, man, my faith is being built up. I'm being encouraged. They go, wow, the Lord did that for them. I'm gonna trust God to do that for me. Or I'm gonna say, well, I have a similar story. Tell me more. Could you pray for me? See, these are the things that happen. That's why we have to come together. We have to share. This faith is built up this way. So if your faith is weak, the question is, are you really in God's word? Are you taking it to heart? If your faith is weak, are you connecting with other believers and experiencing through them the faithfulness of God. And then, now thirdly and finally, our faith is built up through prayer. Prayer builds our faith because prayer itself is an act of faith. You know, if I don't pray, you know what it simply means? It means I don't believe that God hears or works. Or it's I don't need God to hear and work. I can take care of it all myself. But when I pray, I am demonstrating my trust in the Lord. 
I'm saying, God, I believe that you are there. I believe that you reward those who diligently seek you. So I'm coming to you through this. And as we pray, you know, when you pray, you spend time with God and spending time with God naturally has the impact of strengthening our faith. But then when we pray also, what happens is we see answered prayer. And then our faith is strengthened because we prayed about that. We asked God to do that. It seemed like an impossible situation. And man, look at what has happened. So I, after the first service, I was talking to a couple and I know them very well. And their daughter, who I will not name, but their daughter was honestly very similar to the the worst demonic person that that we find in the New Testament in many ways. Drugs, major drug issue for years. Trouble all the time. Arrested over and over again. First name basis with the police. You know, just trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. And we would just pray. You know, they would come and tell me the story of where she's at again. And it's just like, oh, Lord, help, help, help. And, and, you know, prayer and prayer and prayer. So this morning, and I, I know this already, but I haven't had an update recently uh, this morning. So she, having finally said, okay, Jesus, I surrender to you. She went off. She's with a mission organization. She's serving the Lord. She's on her way to the Philippines to do a two-month ministry outreach in the Philippines. And as they're telling me the story, I mean, just to hear that is a faith builder for me. See, wow, God really did save this girl, really did deliver her. So you see, when we see answered prayer, that answered prayer increases my faith. It causes me to know that, you know, God hears our prayers. And so I want to pray more. And that's the, that's the focus. Jesus said that, This kind can only come out through prayer. And as we look around today, you know, there's there's so, I think of so many young people today who grew up in church, who were taught the Bible from the time they were kids. And man, today they are in just full tilt rebellion to God, their parents. I was talking to some friends recently about one of their children and I mean, this is, this is a guy that used to lead worship. This is a guy that taught Bible studies. This is a guy who, you know, was engaged in ministry. And, and he's just been swept up in, in the world to the extent that he says to his parents, I don't want you to come near my family because you're dangerous. Your ideas are dangerous. And I don't want my kids to, to know any of the stuff that you want to put in their heads, which is stuff about God. Uh, he's just bought into the whole current cultural lie. And as I'm having a conversation with them about this, man, and I told them sincerely, I said, you know what? I'm praying for your son. I am praying for him. I actually had a personal encounter with that hostility with him some time ago. They didn't know anything about it. And I said, yeah, we had a little mix up. And I said, ever since then, I've been praying for him and I've been praying for you. But how, do, how are people going to come out of this? How's this generation going to be freed from this satanic deception that's come upon so many. Well, I'll tell you, it's not going to happen without prayer. 
It's not going to happen without prayer. And so let's just be really honest here. Most Christians don't really pray. Uh, that's a fact. I mean, you know, prayer is like, God, help me. I'm in trouble. Okay, great. Thank you, Lord. I'll see you later. Three months from now, when I get in trouble again, I'll be back. I mean, that's a lot of the way that Christians pray. Christians pray more petition, and it's usually petition about their own situation. Do we pray beyond that? We have to pray beyond that. Now, why do I say most Christians don't pray? Well, it's a fact across the board in most churches, the prayer meetings are the least attended. They're the least popular things. People do anything except go to a prayer meeting. And in some ways, I get it because the Bible talks about laboring in prayer. Prayer is work. And it's in prayer that we're just engaging head on with the enemy. And that's challenging. And, and so there's something almost just built into our human nature, our fallen human nature. When we think about prayer, it's like, oh, I'm just too tired for that. I'm going to just watch Netflix instead. I'll scroll Twitter. Maybe there's a good prayer on there. I could just pray really quick. <laughs> this is like, this is our world today. God help us. We got to pray. We've got to learn to pray. And it's got to be more than just, I'm in a jam, Lord, help me out. It's got to be beyond that. It's got to be, man, there, there's a world that is under the control of the devil. Lord, break the power of the enemy over this. God, pour out your spirit. God, do a new thing. Do a fresh thing. Do something powerful. And, and we are the people. We're the interceders. We're the ones that, that are to make that intercession before God. That's part of what we do. You know, the Lord, when he's looking at Israel and it's about to be judged, he says, I searched throughout the land and I couldn't find a person to stand in the gap. There was no one. How crazy is that? We are those people. This kind comes out only by prayer. And so we must learn to pray. We must commit ourselves to prayer. And, and I've said this before, and let me just say it again. Uh, you know, we have many different options to pray here at the church. Tonight at 6.30, we have our prayer meeting, which is one aspect of prayer. We have prayer, different prayer opportunities all throughout the week here. Man, thank God we have the mothers in prayer who pray for their kids, for the prodigals, all of that. We need dads in prayer, men in prayer. The Bible says men should pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without disputes and things. But we have to commit ourselves to it. You know, there, there has to be a commitment because, like I said, our flesh is going to revolt against it many times. And we have to have a commitment. We have to just say, you know what? This is something that's non-negotiable. We got to do this. And so... Of course, you can pray alone, and, and we should. Set aside a little bit of time to pray. And don't get discouraged if, if you feel like, oh, I can't think of anything to pray or whatever. Just be patient and say, Lord, help me. You know, help my unbelief. Help me to pray. Teach me to pray. But it's also to pray with others is really helpful. It's very helpful to pray with others. And so... 
whether you, you know, that's why we have prayer meetings where we come together because it's helpful to do that. But if you can't make it to one, start one yourself. Get a couple of friends. You have a couple of friends who are believers. Say, hey, let's pray together. You know, when I first became a Christian, I had two friends that became Christians with me. And we looked at each other and we had all of, of course, all of our friends were not Christians. And we said, man, our friends need to know Jesus. What do we do? Well, let's pray together. Let's pray for them. And we just started praying faithfully, rigorously. And, you know, within like three months, 50 of our friends had come to know Christ. It was amazing. I mean, we went from an apartment with three of us sitting there praying to an apartment with 50 people gathered, worshiping, reading the Bible together, studying. And we need to pray together. So, so get, get with a group of people. You know, ladies are usually really good at this. Guys, not so good. Guys, we got to do it. Make a commitment. Grab a couple friends. And just set aside a little bit of time a week. Even if you do it, you know, if you have to do it over the phone or something. Or have to do it on FaceTime or Skype or whatever. You know, just have some prayer time with somebody. Take advantage of, of the opportunities. Because this kind does not come out except through prayer. We're not going to make a whole lot of headway if we're trying to go forward without prayer. Because if we're trying to go forward without prayer, we're not going forth in faith. And if we're not going forth in faith, we don't have any power and we're not going to make any advance. So we need to pray. God, God, help us to pray. Several years ago, I used to have a, a prayer meeting in my office and this prayer meeting specifically, and I think I've mentioned it before, but we, we did it, I think, four days a week, just for one hour in the morning. And we did, um, so one, one of the groups of guys I prayed with, there were about five or seven of us, and every one of them had a connection to Latin America. So we prayed for the Latin world. We prayed for the Spanish-speaking world. And we just prayed for God to move, pour out a spirit, you know, and we did that for quite a few years. And there were another group of people that came out of the Middle East background. Half of them came out of a Muslim background. We used to pray for the Middle East. We did all that. Then, you know, then there came a time when the Lord sort of moved us all into different things. And we didn't stop because we got tired of praying. We just moved into some different directions. But all of that to say, when I was in South America a couple of weeks ago, two of those guys that were in the prayer meeting with me back those years ago, we were traveling together. And, you know, just seeing what God is doing in South America and how the fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few, like it always is. You know, I just looked at those guys. I said, man, when we get home, let's reboot the prayer meeting for South America. And of course, they said, yeah, let's do it. And so we're going to do it. But, you know, the amazing thing is, we have so much potential to see the power of God unleashed in the lives of people around us. And you know, the crazy thing about prayer is you can actually impact an entire nation and never physically visit it. You can impact an entire people group and never meet a single one of them. You can impact them through prayer. And as we pray, as Jesus said here, these satanic 
strongholds, these, these forces and powers that blind people to the reality of the gospel and hold them captive in sin, these things are broken. And God begins to move. And so, God help us. Faith, power, the link is with prayer. God help us to pray. Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Embodied, Transgender Identities, the Church and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. In today's culture, both Christians and non-Christians experience incongruence with their gender, but the church has generally avoided this culturally sensitive topic. So how can we address this issue from a biblical perspective and love the transgender community more widely, both inside and outside the church? And how can we love them in compassionate and practical ways? Well, in his book, Embodied, Preston adds his voice to the conversation with sound biblical research that is expressed with pastoral sensitivity, compassion, grace, and love. To understand transgender identities from a biblical, psychological, and scientific perspective, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church, and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.